Good to see you this morning. I'm glad that you're here. And uh, in your bulletin this morning, there's a little bookmark um, uh, to help you pray about Operation Christmas Child. So keep that handy and somewhere where you'll see it often. Um, and uh, gives you some specific things on the back there to pray about. Uh, and there's also some shoebox labels uh, out in the foyer if you need some extras. Uh, remember to bring those by next Sunday. Um, and next Sunday will be a little bit different. Uh, it's Thanksgiving Sunday, so uh, we won't have 9 o'clock service next week. Uh, we'll have um, Thanksgiving lunch after church, so come prepared for that. And uh, need uh, somebody to volunteer to cook a turkey. So if you're interested in cooking a turkey uh, and you think you can handle it without burning it or drying it out, uh, let us know and uh, we'll... Uh, appreciate that. If you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn to Isaiah chapter 59. And in Isaiah chapter 59, as we're working our way through the toward the end of uh, this great uh, book of prophecy, uh, we're reminded uh, how faithful God is despite our uh, proneness uh, to uh, not uh, do what we're supposed to and not follow him and not be faithful to him the way that he's faithful uh, to us. And, um, you know, so often, uh, you know, we treat God like that uh, get-out-of-jail-free card in Monopoly. Uh, you know, there's always that uh, card that everybody wants so that when you, you know, roll the doubles three times or get the card that sends you to jail, you can play that card, you don't have to go to jail. Um, but that is not who God is, and that's not how we ought to treat God. Um, and so um, what Isaiah reminds us this morning is that we stand in need of a Savior that will redeem us. Um, and so uh, let's take a look, we're going to read all 21 verses uh, this morning. Uh, the word of the Lord says, Behold, the Lamb, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, nor is ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, and your tongue has muttered perversity. No one calls for justice, nor does any plead for truth. They trust in empty words and speak lies. They conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. They hatch vipers' eggs and weave the spider's web. He who eats of their eggs dies, and from that which is crushed a viper breaks out. Their webs will not uh, become garments, nor will they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their hands. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are the thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their path. The way of peace they have not known, and there is no justice in their ways. They have made themselves crooked paths, and whoever takes that way shall not know peace. Therefore, justice is far from them, nor does righteousness overtake them. 
We look for light, but there's darkness. For brightness, but we walk in blackness. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as the twilight, and are as dead men in desolate places. We all growl like bears, and moan sadly like doves. We look for justice, but there is none, for salvation is but is far from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before you, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and as for our iniquity, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord, and departing from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the hearts the words of falsehood, justice is turned back, and righteousness stands afar off. The truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. So truth fails, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. And then the Lord saw it, and was displ- it displeased him that there was no justice. He saw there was no man, and wondered what, that there was no intercessor. Therefore his own arm brought salvation for him, and his own righteousness it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate, and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for his clothing, and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly he will repay. Fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies. The coastlands will fully repay. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up his standard against him. The Redeemer will come to Zion and those who turn from their transgressions in Jacob, says the Lord. As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. My spirit is upon you, and my words I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. You know, uh, Isaiah, uh, remember, gives us this wonderful picture of what grace and uh, mercy is and how God is so loving to us despite our our sinfulness and yet there's this tension of love and mercy and yet this call for justice and uh, God certainly is going to judge and he is the ultimate judge. He's the only one that can judge. And so in this chapter, Isaiah wonderfully and poetically weaves through this story of what salvation means. Uh, and he begins by saying, you know, the Lord, his hands are not shortened so that he can't reach out and save. And his ear is not heavy or, or deaf so that he cannot hear. Um, And yet the people and their behavior brings the judgment of God upon them. Remember that God has sent uh, men to come and proclaim uh, a message uh, to call the people to repentance. And over and over and over again, they refuse to listen. And so God tells the prophet Isaiah, because of their stiff necks and their hard hearts, uh, 
judgment is going to come so that they will finally look up and they'll finally listen. So the first thing that we find in Isaiah was that the people of Israel were looking for a redeemer. They understood that they needed salvation. They understood that they were in trouble, but that's where their understanding stopped. Because you see, they thought that Yeah, they saw they were in trouble, but they thought, hey, what's this deal? Why are we having this trouble? We're Israel. We're God's people. And God reminded them, listen, your uh, words are lies. And you don't seek after justice. And there's blood on your hands and iniquity in your fingers. In other words, it's your, your behavior is not honoring God, and you've not trusted and obeyed God. You've been looking after yourself. There are a lot of people, and boy, is this relevant to us today in 2021. There are a lot of people in this world today understanding that there's trouble, but we are so blind to see that the trouble is a lot of times of our own making and the decisions that we've made. We, you know, uh, reject truth, but we chase after, uh, you know, lies and and people that will tell us what we want to hear. Well, what we want to hear isn't always good for us uh, if it's not the truth. And yet that's what we, we prefer. And Isaiah reminds us that that's a very dangerous thing. So he, he compares and uses the, the example or the picture of uh, viper's eggs and spider's webs. That, that's what the Israelites' behavior was. It was creating destruction. It was, you know, and that's what sin does. Sin kills and ensnares and always takes us deeper and further into trouble than we ever thought possible. And so, uh, you know, our feet so naturally run, it says in verse 7, to evil. And they make haste to shed innocent blood. And their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity rather than thoughts of Redemption and thoughts of holiness, thoughts of renewal, thoughts of peace. And so they're looking for this Redeemer, but secondly, we need to understand and remember that, yeah, they were looking for a Redeemer, but they were looking after the world. Israel had stopped being the light apart that God had called them and established them to be, and now they were doing things like every other kingdom. And so the, the, the world said, you know, it doesn't matter who you have to lie or cheat or kill to get ahead as long as you're on top. Hey, it's okay. And by the way, that's the world that we live in today, thanks. That's the way people think today. That's the way society moves. And so we're not very much different than the Israelites in Isaiah's day. And so I said, you know what, that They just keep doing wrong. 
And they keep behaving and they keep putting on these worldviews and these behaviors of these foreign lands. And isn't it interesting that as the people, as Israel became and treated others within their midst, that was the way Israel was going to be treated when Babylon came along and took the people of Israel captive to foreign lands and destroyed all of the nation of Israel. See, Israel didn't think to call upon the name of the Lord. They didn't seem to call out for justice. And in fact, he, God mentioned, hey, listen, they're, they're looking for redemption, but there's nobody interceding for God to move and for God to be merciful. And boy, that's a dangerous thing. And so they had treated people so harshly and and had smacked God in the face in their behavior and in their words. And so what they dished out was going to come back to them. Some may call it karma. It's not karma. It's the Lord... um, fulfilling his word and remember he says in his word what you reap you're going to sow in other words if you reap iniquity and you reap evil that's what's going to come upon you just like an apple tree does not produce oranges Holiness does not produce a godly life. And so the people of Israel were looking for this Redeemer. And we know throughout Isaiah, all 66 chapters are remind us in some way a Messiah is coming. And you know, that Jesus Christ fulfilled these many prophecies that Isaiah gives. And Isaiah has more messianic prophecies than all the other prophets of the Old Testament combined. Uh, and so Isaiah knew and understood that the hope and the redemption of Israel and in fact all of mankind did not come from anything in this world. It did not come by capitalism. It did not come by socialism. It did not come by... Uh, trying to be good. It did not come by making our own way and figuring, well, if it seems right to me, let's do it. Peace and holiness and blessedness comes only by following and looking after and walking after the Lord. And in God's ways, and just as it was true in Isaiah's day, it's true today in our world. That same principle holds true. That if you look for redemption in this world, you are going to be sadly disappointed. Because there's nothing in this world that's going to redeem you. And you're not going to find peace in this world. And you're not going to find mercy and grace in 
the secular things of this world, but in the things of God, that's where you find grace and mercy and peace. And so the people were looking for this redeemed. They said, listen, we know that there's a problem and we need a way out. But they weren't doing right. And they weren't praying to God and asking Him to help them and to show them what they needed to do. They weren't interceding for their brothers and sisters that were in need and those that were far away from God. Because when you're far away from God, you don't realize that other people are far away from God. Because you're in the same boat. And it becomes no big deal to you. It is a dangerous thing And by the way, we can today, as God's children, get to that place in our life where it's no big deal for us to be out of God's will. And that's very dangerous. You see, though we are under grace, we're not under the law, but God's word tells us that we still ought to live for Him. Paul asks this question in the book of Romans. He says, well... Shall we continue to sin, in fact, sin more so that grace may more abound? Absolutely not, he says. No, that's foolishness. When you've experienced God's grace and you've experienced redemption, you don't want to displease the Lord. You don't want to do things that would be contrary to His will for your life. You don't want to do things that would cheapen the cost of His redemption. You want to live after Him. But when we get so caught up in the things of this world, it's not difficult for the love of this world to begin to overtake our love of God. We all probably know people, maybe we've been there ourselves at various times in our life. We were once on fire for God, but then the things of this world came in and kind of took our attention off of what God wanted us to do. Not that we were necessarily bad, but we just weren't good. We we weren't seeking after the things of God like we should. Instead, we hungered and we thirsted after the things of this world. And eventually, as we ate of this world, our hunger after God lessened. This world will not bring peace. And this world's ways will not bring redemption. If it could have, Jesus would not need to have come. But Jesus did come. And he did make a way for us. And so that's what... How Isaiah finishes this chapter. That yes, they were looking for a redeemer, but they were looking after the world. But then lastly, in this last bit of this chapter, you find that we're looking at the redeemer. Looking at the redeemer, beginning in verse 17. Uh, you know, the, it says in the, the verses before, verse 15, there was truth had fallen There was nobody interceding, and the Lord saw that there was no one uh, interceding for the Lord. There was no justice. There was no intercessor. And so he came himself. 
he's talking about Jesus. And look at verse 17. He says, He put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head, and he put on garments of vengeance for clothing and clad with zeal as a cloak. And then he says, listen, according to their deeds, he will repay them. And that's the gospel. The gospel says this, listen, the wages of sin is death. What you've deserved and what you've earned is death. And that left on your own, if you're looking to find redemption yourself, that's what you're going to find. But I'm thankful that in Romans 6.23 that Paul didn't just stop with those few words. He said the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And here way back hundreds of years before Jesus would come, Isaiah tells us part of what the ministry of Jesus would do, that he would come and he would bring righteousness And he would bring mercy, but he would also bring judgment. And so he said the Redeemer, talking, and Jesus was that Redeemer, will come to Zion. And those that will turn from their transgressions will find redemption. So Isaiah reminds us of the same message that Jesus preached. That John the Baptist preached, that the Apostle Paul preached. The message is simple repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so it wasn't until that this Redeemer actually came and we look upon him that we finally can realize and understand what redemption is really about. That Jesus really is the way for us to avoid. Uh, Letting this world destroy our testimony and rob us of the blessings of mercy and grace and peace that God intends for us to have. Because those things, again, do not come from this world. The only place anyone can find those things is in the person and work of Jesus Christ. The great Messiah that promised one that would come and be the Redeemer that would come to Zion and would forgive his people's sins, those that would turn from their ways. Isaiah is not saying, listen, God's going to come to Zion, he's going to forgive all the Jews. That's not what he's saying. He said God will forgive those Jews that had betrayed him but turned back to him, that sought his forgiveness. And so we find... The, the message of God's amazing grace, even in the Old Testament, in this gospel of Isaiah. That Isaiah understood that it was only by this Redeemer coming. The same Redeemer that he's called in previous chapters, the servant of the Lord. It's only when Jesus would come. that real justice would finally come. And that real peace would come. And that real mercy would come. And real grace would come. Because those things can't be found in the things of this world. And so, Jesus reminds us, and Isaiah reminds us, 
that, friends, you'll find what you're looking for. If you look in this world for answers and for peace and mercy and grace, you'll find the peace and mercy and grace that this world gives, which is none. And if you follow after the ways of this world, understand that the, the way of this world ultimately is going to be destruction. This world ultimately is destroyed because of sin. And God recreates, makes a new heaven and a new earth. And so Isaiah reminds us of the important truth that how we live and what we look after matter. If we look for God, if we look to the Redeemer, this is what we're going to find. We're going to find peace. And we're going to find mercy. And we're going to find grace. But if we look to ourselves and we look to the ways of the world, what we're going to find is that our hands are bloody. And our fingers have the work of iniquity on them. And we're going to find ourselves hungry and wanting and empty. is that we don't have to be that way. The message of Isaiah is, listen, this was God's people that Isaiah was ministering to, not lost people. He was writing to people that should have known better, that grew up in church, if you will. It was Jewish church, but church nonetheless. People that went to, to Torah school that memorized various parts of what we call the Old Testament. And so they knew God's law. They just didn't live it. And they knew God's expectations, and they knew how God desired for them to be a people that sought after Him. And yet, that would never be realized until Jesus came. And when Jesus came, He said, Listen, when the Redeemer comes, my words are going to be hidden in their heart. And they won't leave them. And won't leave not only them, but for gen their generation, and the generation after that, and the generation after that. Now, Isaiah is not talking about generational salvation. And that, Listen, as long as Grandpa is, is a Christian, that it flows down through to his grandkids. No, that's not what he's talking about. But what he's saying is, listen, if people will find redemption, and we will truly be converted and truly have this relationship with Jesus Christ, they're not going to go back to the way they used to live. They're going to follow after the Lord and do what God says to do. And by their example, those that come after them are going to see that example of their uh, loved one, of their elder, and they're going to hear God's word proclaimed because God's word says that we're to to teach our children His Word, and that we're to meditate on it day and night, and that when we get up and when we go down, when we get up in the morning, when we lay down at night, we're to have God's Word on our mind. And when God permeates our life, it permeates how we talk and how we act, so that we won't forget, hey, listen, we're not ours, and we're not looking after the things of this world, but we're looking after the Almighty. And we're looking for peace that we're going to find. Because we're looking for it in the Prince of Peace.
not in the peace of this world, because the peace of this world is not real peace. It's empty, and it's fleeting. And yet God says his word will not return void. God reminds us that, listen, it's 1 John 1, 9 was true in Isaiah's day. First John 1 John 1.9 says this, If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. David knew the truth of that. Even though David wasn't alive and had been long, long dead by the time the Apostle John showed up and penned 1 John 1 1.9. David knew the truth and the reality of that scripture. Isaiah proclaims the reality of that scripture. God proclaims over and over and over again, yes, you've wandered away from me, but if you'll turn back, I'll forgive you and I'll restore you and I'll make you mine again. And we find that wonderful, gracious promise of redemption tucked away many times in the Old Testament book of Isaiah. And I hope God will help us remember that. Friend, you will find what you're looking for. Just make sure what you're looking for is what you need. Let's pray together. Uh, as we pray this morning, let's remember Brother Rich Dilling. Uh, we, I got a text just before church this morning that he'd had a mini stroke uh, this morning. Brother Rich is the pastor of uh, at Spring Hill Real Baptist Church, isn't it, Brother George? Uh, up in North Mississippi. And uh, so please remember Brother Rich Dilling in your prayers and thoughts today, especially. And, uh, he texted me, and I told him I was texting and said, I'm praying for you. And he texted back and said he was feeling better and was hoping to go home this afternoon. So, um, but keep him in your prayers. And so let's stand together and we'll be dismissed in prayer. Brother George, would you lead us in prayer this morning, please?